Hello, we now begin the show with laughter. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the VHS Club. (laughs) I am Katie. This is Natalie. And today we are talking all about Romeo and Juliet, a 1996 classic. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. If you're going to Google it, it's true. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann is the director. Yes. And hilariously, I will say about this one. So unlike we're on a if you if you are just jumping in, we're on a Shakespeare adaptation kick. This this wraps our Shakespeare adaptation because we could do this forever. We could have a whole Shakespeare adaptation okay. show. But I mean, we're not we're gonna do that the to modernized you. Shakespeare <laughs> adaptations. True. We're not doing like stage adaptations for film. We're not doing the yeah. straight out adaptations for film. Just yeah. the modern ones. Yeah, it's true. But I will say that uh, of the movies, like of searching the movies, O remains the most difficult one for us to, <laughs> to look up. So that one you had to type like, you know, Sh- Shakespeare movie 90s O in like quotations, movie. Othello in brackets. Othello in brackets. <laughs> yeah. And and still we were unable to find like any oh, gifts. Othello 2000. No. <laughs> Yeah. seems to work because yeah. it came out in the year 2000 that yeah. was filmed oh yeah in the true 90s. it's not even the 90s yeah so that's how quickly i forgot yeah. but yeah no not a lot of fun facts on that one whereas for this one you type in romeo and juliet movie it immediately comes up as like one of the top options you type in romeo and juliet leonardo dicaprio leo claire <laughs> baz <laughs> all of these keywords and yeah and you're immediately able to find it so it, it is searchable and if you grew up in this era as we did it is like one of the most like swoon iconic romantic so sad tragic. tragic stories of of all time which i if you're sitting here being like yeah obviously it's romeo and juliet i know but but still this still yes. this this broke the mold even for romeo and juliet it did though i have to say shakespeare is transcendent when i was rewatching this and making notes i'm like bawling my eyes out at the end of the movie even though i've seen it maybe a hundred plus times yeah plus seeing the play plus having memorized the play like i (laughs) plus having read the play having written like final university term papers on it yeah i still bawled my eyes out at the end and i'm like shakespeare still pulls the heartstrings pulls the heartstrings (laughs) i agree in the heart every time shakespeare I was trying to remember, and maybe maybe you can tell me, or maybe our memories are just skewed from all of this anyway, but I was having this like moment where I'm like, okay, did this movie, which came out when I was 13 years old, I believe, did, did this movie make me obsessed with Shakespeare, or was I obsessed yeah. with this movie because I was obsessed with Shakespeare, or some 
weird combination of the two of them because I definitely have, and we talked about this when we um when we talked about Hamlet, but I I at one point, and I think now this one is is a tipping point for me. I had both Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet memorized, maybe not completely, yeah. but pretty darn close. Um, and you had Romeo and Juliet completely memorized. I yeah. still remember. I'm you still have pretty a good at it. Size. Yeah, you I do. I do. A pocket size red leather bound hardcover book with a red satin ribbon. Yeah, my mom bought me that. Walk around with it. Yeah. Everywhere. You had it memorized. I had it mostly memorized. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. I remember I remember sitting there like under trees and things and being like, some incredibly handsome Leonardo DiCaprio type is just gonna walk by and be like, Wow, that high schooler has a leather bound copy of Romeo and Juliet clearly memorized so she you know she would be quite the person to take out and hopefully not kill or be killed or murder or yeah. you know die yeah. in some horrible way katie so. and i always thought <laughs> that extremely handsome men would love smart women <laughs> yeah yeah we were pretty convinced of that uh it didn't really yeah. work out but <laughs> but you know you know it, it, it worked out for one of us it worked out, it worked out <laughs> i don't i don't know if my husband okay. loves me for my for my uh, ability to to memorize Shakespeare plays. Or, oh no, he's for your intelligence. For my yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe, or the fact that I cook sometimes, or you know, other <laughs> less less attractive qualities. Okay, I want to start this off with a fun fact. Oh, you're gonna steal my fun facts. All right, bring mine. One. Okay, probably a few. Go for it. You okay, can have the fun so, facts today. Romeo and Juliet. In the Shakespeare world, so in academia, in oh, are we? Theater. It's a fun fact about Shakespeare. All right, about Shakespeare. It. Yeah, not let's the movie. <laughs> so this is considered a failed comedy. So yeah. if you study Shakespeare, if you know Shakespeare, it has his very like formulaic setup for this is a comedy. Yep. But then it turns very savagely tragic. Yeah. Do you think More the people so watching it were like tragedies. thought that it would be a comedy and were like, this is so fun. Oh my goodness. Like, Because the funny bits are really funny and it's funnier mm. than most of his comedies and it's also more tragic than most of his tragedies. So rumor had it back in his day that he was writing a comedy and the relationship that he was in with a mistress, because he was married with children, but but he lived in Stratford, worked in London, you know, that kind of, so he had, you know, a lady friend yeah, in do. London and apparently she broke his heart. So the play became a savage tragedy which is also the inspiration for Shakespeare in Love, the movie that won him some Oscars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, um, fun fact, my husband still can't can't identify Gwyneth Paltrow in any movie that Ever. we watch. So that's I'm like, she's that the one where is a Gwyneth no Paltrow. <laughs> her earlobes connect directly to her head. There's no lobe, and he still doesn't recognize her. I'm like, yeah. it's really a thing you notice. <laughs> but we digress. So <laughs> we let, digress. Us, let us <laughs> jump into. Um, well, a high-level summary of this one, Nat, because really, I feel like if you don't know the story of Romeo and Juliet, of which this is literally verbatim, <laughs> you will, you're in trouble because it's a pretty famous well, one. Another fun fact, there's very, very, there's like two deviations that the director, writer, Baz Luhrmann took with the film. Mm -hmm. One was that he apparently switched some of the characters, so some Capulets became Montagues and some Montagues became Capulets. Mm -hmm. There's such sub-characters that I 
like I couldn't even look it up. I was like, was I don't die. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second thing is he gave Lady Capulet and Lord Capulet first names, which is not in the play. Yeah. And what were they? They were like Gloria and like. I oh, didn't gosh. even notice. Yeah. One was Gloria because I'm rewatching it this time around. It's so funny. This time I was like, all right, I'm not normally an observant person. I usually just get like swept up in the story and I just don't pay attention to any details. Yeah. It's ridiculous, really. But this one, I like <laughs> when the names came up, I was like, oh, right. Oh, Gloria. Wait, so I think it was Gloria. Film, now I need to look up the yeah, other one because it, it was... is. I'm pretty sure it is. So this film yeah. opens. Okay. Summary of the play. Two teens from warring families, like enemy families, fall in love, they elope, and then die. Because yeah. of a miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, it's really... And also the fact that their families have blood out for each other. Yeah. That's yep. the whole play. Um, so the way Baz Luhrmann interprets this, it takes place at Verona Beach in Miami, though it was filmed in Mexico City. So it's a little kind of confusing because the set looks like Verona Beach in Miami, but Ver then... Miami or California? Yeah, Miami. Huh. I'm pretty... When I looked it up, it said Miami. Yeah. I also thought Verona Beach was in California because I'm like, isn't that where people surf? Hmm. But when yeah. I read a recap, they said it's Verona Beach, Miami. So I'm assuming there's right. a Verona Beach, Miami. I've never been to Florida, so I couldn't. <laughs> I Not a clue. Um, it opens as it's presented as like a newsreel where they're talking about the feud between the two sort of um, like gangs. It's essentially like two gangs that yeah, are represented like two mob families. Both alike in dignity in Fair yes. Verona, where we lay our scene. <laughs> and that's exactly how it opens. But it's presented as a news thing. It takes place in the 90s. Um, you see the Montagues, which is Romeo's gang. And they're driving like down the highway. They're in these flash cars and these flash outfits being total hooligan teenagers screaming to this loud music out of their, like at the top of their lungs. They pull up to a gas station and then you see the sort of slick uh, Capulets come in and you know stuff's going to go down and essentially a shootout ensues and the gas station blows up, which was kind of amazing because yeah. it's like really sets the scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, Baz Luhrmann, what he did with this, besides placing it in the 90s and sticking strictly to the dialogue, is yep. he used a lot of cinematic devices to interpret the dialogue mm -hmm. so that the audience would really understand what's happening. Yeah, it so felt it's like very relatable would... throughout the... In like, okay, rela relatable is not, I guess, the right word, but you... Well, yes, you we're not didn't... From warring gangs but <laughs> you didn't under you didn't have any issue understanding any What's of happening? the dialogue no. because of everything that he did so i i do think he did an absolutely fantastic job on that front to like build up for scenes where there was a lot of tension he would like film it almost on like really fast like on a fast forward he would do low shots to see like people's feet walking as he's laying scenes he would yeah. do close-ups to people's faces he would uh, do slow mos. He did all these sort of sort of devices, cinematic devices, to relate the dialogue to the audience. Yeah. And then I find he also the way he had the actors deliver the dialogue made mm. it very understandable. Yeah. So I like immediately you're obsessed when you're watching it. Yeah. You understand. 
and like and we so not to throw hamlet under the bus but we'll throw hamlet a little bit under the bus. <laughs> throwing so. hamlet 2000 under the bus that's all since, this is about <laughs> since we have been doing a modern shakespeare adaptation run a mini series within this show i will say that i mean it should come as no surprise hands down this one is the best at least in our in yeah. our opinion of of the modern shakespeare um adaptations and i do think that while both this one and hamlet which uh 2000 version hamlet <laughs> was they did it are both a pretty effective job of including a ton of like uh, Easter eggs and nuggets for people who are diehard Shakespeare fans throughout the movie. This one goes like ab- above and beyond. So like yeah. Hamlet, Hamlet got to maybe like sixty percent with that, and this one's like one hundred and twelve percent. Like it just it, every, which is why I was trying so hard to pay attention this time around because every single, yeah. every single like billboard, the license plates, the um. So we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about Hamlet, but the um. So he up the names of the guns, the names of the guns. So rather than having swords, obviously, because it's modernized, the, these rival gangs have guns. But they not only does he do close ups on the guns, which are are called swords, like the brand mm-hmm. name is swords. But each one is a different one. So when he says, like, hand me my long sword or like, you know, or yeah. um, I think one of them is called a rapier. Like they are all yeah. names of swords. But it's so fast moving that you really would miss a lot of that if you were you know unless you rewound your movie or um or you're paying really close attention so i did try better this time around to pay really close attention and there were just an insane amount of details going on in in, in I have the to background say, like just in crazy. this movie because i've read the play so much this movie was the first time i realized the scene where so Romeo was dating this girl, Rosaline, who basically dumped him out of nowhere and he was all upset about it. So the guys are like, we're going to sneak into the Capulet party. Yeah. So we're having a big costume party. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna go find your girl, Rosaline, because she's like a cousin's cousin or something of the family. Yeah. yeah, she would be there. And you can woo her, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, that doesn't happen because he sees Juliet and love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do like that Shakespeare is like, okay, look, this kid seems really fickle, but he does explain it, you know, he does kind of explain that fickleness away. Like, Romeo has this whole scene where he's describing to the friar that he's like, I didn't actually know what love was. Yeah. Until I met Juliet, until I saw Juliet, until I met her, until I kissed her, until I spoke to her. Like, it's like, I didn't really understand until I knew her. So he he seems fickle you know like a 14 year old would but (laughs) but they do explain it um they're not portrayed as 13 and 14 in the movie they are older teens uh because otherwise it's just a bit too much for like a 13 year old to get married (laughs) although they do still have the the obviously the the line from the play but they do still have there is a conversation that happens between paris who is who is played by paul rudd and again i just like (gasps) The fact this he movie looks the same. A, he, he looks, looks the, same. the same. B, this Leonardo DiCaprio plays this role so well that you yeah. prefer him to Paul Rudd, which is crazy to me. Like you're watching it, and you're like, you're like, but you don't but hate Paul Rudd. You you're don't just hate like, oh, Paul Rudd now. Rube. Like he has no idea that no. all of this is going on around him. Like, but there is pity him. <laughs> there is this uh, this iconic scene in the movie where Paul Rudd's character Paris is is the like is the. Uh, parent approved 
um, love match or romantic partner that they approved Throat. for her. Yeah, for Throat. for Juliet to to marry. So he there is a conversation back and forth between um, Juliet's father, the leader of the Capulet family, with Paris's character, and they he basically says that she's too young to get married that like she's to you know like there's but i'll marry her to to you anyways but like but there is a line in it that does like remind everyone that she like she's young even at that time to get married like it's like yeah "Eh, she's a little young like we don't really need to like race into this but also sure (laughs) we'll we'll marry her off to you which is yeah. a commentary because the play takes place in Italian Renaissance, which is before English Renaissance when the play yeah. was written. Yeah. So it's it's already historical at the time that it's <laughs> written. Like it's a history yeah. play. Yeah. So to say that that is too young to be married is a commentary even at the time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, so so they go to this this masquerade, which yep. by the way, the scene in the movie is epic yeah it, it has ruined every costume party for me forever yeah you know come out. yeah i mean really any kind of party i feel like i watch movies like this and this is probably like one of the like peak moments in any movie but yeah. you're like you watch these movies and you're like i would like to be wealthy in a fake world in this yeah. movie <laughs> I don't want yeah. any of the other stuff to happen, but like, I would have liked to just like attend. I would like to attend more very expensive, wealthy person parties. So if anyone out there <laughs> is listening or watching, I'm in. I'll bring a costume. I'll go all out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they look really fun. And again, like Boz, we've said in the throughout this episode that Boz Lerman's like attention to detail and all of this is crazy. Like the oh yeah, everybody's we read, everyone's costume has a meaning to it. Is so a commentary on yeah their personality, their character's personality. Yep. Like Julia is an angel. You know, mm-hmm. she's virginal. She's innocent. She's ethereal. Romeo is the knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tybalt is the devil. Uh, Mercutio is just insane and flamboyant and this amazing fluid gender bend and he does that so well mm-hmm. um oh yeah what i was trying to say was um uh they they take ecstasy e or molly mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it like they take that at, at, before they get into the party mm-hmm. which explains a lot of the dialogue that i just didn't understand when i was younger but then when i saw the movie i'm like oh they're on drugs now i <laughs> get all of it <laughs> it makes I know. See, so much when you're watching this as a 14 year old you're like it's fun look how fun the party is it's moving so fast look at it it's so fun i love the music and as an Pretty adult you're like wow are they okay i'm concerned for them i feel high like and also like how are they awake at this time of night i can't it's very late i don't understand it's really hot in there <laughs> looks very hot they seem very tired i don't like there, throughout yeah. this entire movie, so I I will um I will say my like I so I've rewatched it now twice in the, last night and then about a month ago. So I'd, I've seen it probably hundreds of times, like Natalie said. But rewatching it as an adult, my my thoughts throughout were like, um, a Leonardo DiCaprio was twenty one when he when he was in this movie. So part of me is like, is he too old for Claire Danes? <laughs> so I was concerned about that rewatching it, and she then I was like, 17. she was seventeen, even though yeah. they are perfect for each other in this movie like they just they the do so good the chemistry is ridiculous insane. that and then i was like he's wet 
throughout this entire like he's like constantly <laughs> falling into water or he's like in the rain like i'm sure that as an actor he was probably just like really though like do we really need to be like wet i mean she's she is also wet a lot but there's a lot of yeah he is wet a lot throughout this entire movie and then like just so many feelings around the priest like i was just like <gasps> I adore him, but then watching it again, so... What was his name? So the Pete... Yeah. Pete Postlewaith or something? Yeah, Postlewaith. Um, God, he was such a brilliant actor. He was such a great actor, and he plays the role so brilliantly, but he is this kind of, like, intermediary, I guess? Like, he's, he's like, approved by both families, right? So, like, the Capulets go and see him, he's their priest, and the, the Montagues go and see him as well, and so he wants, yeah. he wants their Romeo and Juliet's relationship to be this, like you know, peacemaking, peacemaking yeah, yeah, like epic thing, right? So, but, so everything goes horribly wrong and he, he helps Romeo get away and he's like, he's like throughout this entire thing, kind of this middle person. And as it gets closer to the end and things are falling apart, he, he gets to a point where before everything goes horribly wrong, he sends a letter, he right? He sends like a letter to Romeo. And at the whole time I was just like, can't you just go though? Like, can you just no. like get in your that's car and drive? Savagely tragic. I know it's savage because, but like, like the whole time you're like, can't you have told his friends? Like, you know, his friends like, are going you to see do him. Something yourself. That was yeah. the moment. Yeah, <laughs> like, the... you don't trust the mailman. Like, yeah. So the whole time, like me as an adult, I was just like, you can't trust that delivery guy to get this incredibly can me as urgent a kid letter. Didn't trust the delivery man. Okay? And then like... when he realizes that the letter isn't like isn't may not have gotten to. He's like, I should have done that myself. Maybe I'll do it now. Let me leave the not dead body of Juliet alone. He goes to send another letter. Like he goes to talk to them and they're like, we don't know what happened. We couldn't deliver. And he's like, I'm going to write another letter. And I was like, Brace, you need to Way get in your car. Yeah, stay I'd, with the body. <laughs> so my adult, my adult feelings were were all of those. It was a lot of like, wow, Leonardo DiCaprio is still incredibly good looking. Looking back at this, he's oh wet a God. lot. Is he an appropriate age for Claire Danes? I'm concerned. I didn't think that. And then so many honest. feelings, so many feelings about how much I love both love the priest and also I was just like, get in your car and drive over you know, there. In my notes while rewatching this, I actually wrote, I'm like, he has a master degree in like calming down, spiraling out angsty teenagers. I know. Yeah, he was like, like fantastic. Two or three times he calms Romeo down when he's like completely lost his shit. And then Juliet comes in saying like, my dad's making me marry somebody else like in four days. And she literally draws a gun on herself, threatens to kill herself, then threatens to kill him. She's like, I'm going to unalive all of us if you don't fix this. And he's like, no problem. I got it. And he's just like, I have some poison. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're like this is a priest right like i'd right this is I, that was another thing in his opening scene where he's he's teaching a class like an apocryphy class or like an alchemy class about plants to children and about the poison in plants and it's like this is kind of ironic considering it's like the catholic church and he's teaching alchemy <laughs> But yeah, I know. I was like, there's a lot I of ironic moments in, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you don't learn that in church. Exactly. Well, um, Kimberly, who is watching in our live studio audience. So once again, yeah. this is our midpoint reminder that if you're not in the live studio audience, you're missing out. So join us every every single Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and you can be in the audience. Kimberly wants to know what costume both of us would wear if we got to go to a costume party. Natalie, what what, what would your costume be? You know, 
I think <laughs> I okay I think I've always wanted to do the obviously the Juliet costume and I've looked for that shape wings that she has in the movie could mm, never find them yeah I know but now re-watching the movie I'm like I want to go as Mercutio at the costume party. Like, I want to go as like, drag queen I was like is it inappropriate that I just want to be Mercutio like I would like to dress up in costume as the actor playing yes. Mercutio from this movie because he is yeah just brilliant like his and energy <laughs> and his like how he play he was my favorite character when i first saw it he's my favorite character watching it he again he was my favorite I, reading yeah, it my great favorite question. when i first watched this movie was tybalt yeah because okay. john Leguizamo, which Ooh, was nice a shock saying that name shocker <laughs> like i remember watching this being like none of these actors can do shakespeare I'm like, maybe Claire Danes. I know she's a good actor. Like, but in my teenage head of like, these are not Shakespeare actors. How is this going to work? Tybalt, John Luguizamo pulls us out of the bag. He was the coolest, the creepiest, the most sociopathic, but you love him character. Yeah. Oh my God. He was so good from his opening scene, the way he drawled and drew out his words. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, crushes little cigarellos under his like <laughs> like silver heels, like his badass. God, boots. it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Badass boots. <gasps> okay, another fun fact. Katie told me when <laughs> they're filming. So there's this pinnacle scene where everything Romeo and Juliet they with the help of the the friar they end up getting married and they all think okay this is going to be the end of the feud between our families and tonight yeah. i'm going to go to julia and we'll be together and he's like so excited he wants to tell his best friend and his cousins and they're at verona beach and he drives up and he's screaming mercutio mercutio basically like guess what and everything goes to pot because mercutio who is extremely emotional and has a very short fuse tybalt who is a sociopath and has a very short fuse are basically drawing guns on each other on the beach. Mm -hmm. And Romeo goes and he tries to break it up and he's trying to tell Tybalt like, no, 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 there's no more feud. I love you. And he wants to say because we're family, but can't because he's still trying to protect Juliet in mm -hmm. case everything goes sideways. And they get in a fight. Tybalt beats the crap out of him. And he's like, I'm still okay with it. I'm not going to fight with you. Yeah, I'm not putting my gun on you. <laughs> and Tybalt ends up going to shoot him, but shoots mm -hmm. Mercutio, who saves Romeo. And then Romeo goes on a vengeance, whatever, bend. But when they're filming this scene, there's this like really atmospheric storm in the background. And it's so dramatic that I was like, it almost looks like super fake. Apparently, it was a real actual hurricane. They filmed yeah. for as long as they could, and then the hurricane rips through and destroys the whole set. <laughs> yeah, there's like this fantastic moment because they they filmed this movie in Mexico, so there's a lot of scenes that are kind of like out in like a desert, basically. And so they're yeah. so they're they're fighting, and um, and Mercutio is killed, and he's laying like in the sand, and the, the like intensity of the storm is like whipping the sand up around like his body, like so it it gives this like really like creepy effect where like and the everyone lightning is cracks yeah the, right yeah the lightning like, is cracking everyone is like rushing away because they're taking off and there's like a you know a car chase they were legit track. running but yeah the the like the sand no just whipping around that <laughs> i'm sure he was like laying there being like uh guys 
<laughs> like, can I get out? What are we calling cut? <laughs> yeah, are we uh, are we gonna call this? Because it's something something horrible is happening here. Yeah, and the it scene was when they're crazy. all running. I'm like, it's like a penned back scene, and it's panning back, and they're all running towards camera, and and like they're running really hard on sand, and I'm like, oh, it's so dramatic, and then I'm like, oh no, it's because yeah. they're actually running from a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really wish. So, our, another fun fact, and we put this in the in the countdown timer for anyone who was joining us live and and was checking out our did you know fun fact. But the one of the hairdressers, and I actually don't know how many hairdressers were involved in this movie. He so, was the head hairdresser. Hair, the, the head film. hairdresser, but he was he was kidnapped by a gang of banditos. <laughs> That's in the Mexico only, City. In Mexico City. And ransomed back to them, given back to them, when they paid off a ransom of 300 US dollars. That's it. 300 US dollars. And supposedly, and we desperately wish there was more information. It almost feels like maybe it's not true because of the lack of information because it seems I want the backstory. But apparently they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we will pay the $300. Like, that's nothing for a human life. Like, the only thing I could find on that was, like, a quote from Baz Luhrmann saying, like, I felt that was really cheap and was super happy to pay it. Obviously, (laughs) we're going to pay this. So they paid the $300. And I guess in the exchange, they, like... Gave, like gave the $300 over and they like th- the the benditos threw <laughs> the hairdresser out of a car and it broke his leg on the way and I was like I have so many questions about this fun fact I really so would like to know all of the backstory and the details here like what like was this in like the middle of filming like like how did the hairdresser get kidnapped like did someone why did he... why though why why did, why he, get did kidnapped? he get kidnapped I, yeah so so yeah so i feel like the energy behind of like a movie that was about gangs and warring rivals was like somehow swept up with like real life gangs and and intensity in the background so yeah between a storm and and benditos it was a crazy time on the side spectacular yeah um one of so unlike in hamlet to throw it under the bus yet again where some of the actors seemed in Hamlet to not understand the dialogue like the, of the play whatsoever. Like they just mm-hmm. didn't get Shakespearean English, which is pretty much the basis of all of the English we speak now. But, but sure. Yeah. Besides that, in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, everybody understood the assignment. Yeah. They all got actor it. Was fantastic. Every single actor knew exactly what they were saying, exactly why they were saying it. And yeah. they said it in such a way that it was so, like, they made, they normalized these characters for us and made them so understandable and realistic. And one of my favorites is Mer- Miriam Margulies. She's Australian-British actress. Um, If you've never seen an interview with her, I highly suggest watching... You will go down a rabbit hole on YouTube watching interviews of her, especially her on the Graham Norton show. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she is the funny, crassest woman in the world. Funniest. I love her. But her playing Romeo... um, Romeo, Juliet's nurse Mm -hmm. is so hilarious. And there's a scene at the, earlier in the movie where Lady Capulet is screaming, Juliet! And that sticks in my mind. And then it's mirrored again later by the nurse. And there's a scene of her shadow in the window just shaking back and forth, screaming Juliet. And that lives rent-free in my brain yeah. pretty much all the time. <laughs> yeah. My other favorite moment of her in, in this movie is where 
Uh, so Romeo and Juliet have met and uh, and they've agreed to, you know, to meet again. And they're like they're swept up in this this romance, but they're not yet married. And so the nurse goes to the nurse goes to speak to Romeo to convey, you know, Juliet's message of where they could meet next and to kind of get feel him out, get his like feelings on what's going to happen. And so the nurse comes back. She like comes into the Capulet house and she's like gets herself a sandwich is like sprawled out on the chair and Next Juliet's tea. like please tell me what happened and she's just like asks hold on yeah, she asks for a back massage she like <laughs> will not tell her and it's so relatable you're she's just like, like I'm so old and weary like yeah. how could I possibly remember what he said and by the way he's super hot that beautiful yeah. face that gorgeous body and yeah. she's like oh my god I already know this <laughs> yeah please just tell me like the the it's so beautifully so done extreme. because it's Again, it is the actual dialogue from the play, but it is yeah. so brilliantly acted by both of them that you feel like you are watching a like 90s or even a today movie yeah. in or you know, exchange between a teen and a mother or a teen and a like yeah. close adult friend where you're just kind of like just tell her, just tell her what he said. Yeah, it's, it's I really also well love so when so nurse goes to Verona Beach to see the Montague boys to see Romeo to talk to him. Yeah. And as soon as Romeo sees her, he's like running off to go and talk to her because he knows how important this is. Yeah. But the guys are kind of hassling him and like, where are you going? What are you doing? And Mercutio being the melodramatic yeah. like diva that he is, shoots his gun off in the air to be like, to get touch where are you going? Like, who cares about the old lady? And he's like, really? Like, really? You're unhinged. <laughs> like, you shoot a gun to get my attention? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Okay, so iconic moments. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet first fish tank. Yeah, fish tank, they first yeah. see each other in the fish tank. And just that whole in this whole scene, the, the fish, they, the way they lock eyes and it's slightly distorted and it's almost like a fever dream because, well, Romeo's also on, you know, ecstasy. And <laughs> um, the elevator scene the elevator and how scene. that frames their kiss. Which, fun fact, they had to actually build, like, a fake elevator because there was no way that they could do f capture the scene that they wanted, which had this, like, kind of surround circular motion with the camera yeah. in, in a tight elevator. So they had to build a fake elevator or to be able to... slow down the doors enough, <laughs> I would imagine, to capture the kissing and... To do that, yeah. So, yeah, the elevator yeah. was fantastic. The balcony scene is fantastic between them. Okay, what I loved about the balcony scene is... The way that it's set in the movie is Romeo, like, he he gets to the balcony. He jumps over the wall. He ditches his friends. He's like, I got to see her one more time. Um, and it's in the back sort of courtyard, but there's a pool. And he, like, he's tripping over everything. Yeah, he's making, being like, such a an ton awkward, of sound. Yeah. But he's also just being an awkward teenager. And he's, like, so nervous yeah. to see her. And he's, like, excited and anxious. And he's, like, stumbling over everything, like, figuratively and literally like his words are kind of mumbled and i love that i love how they did that and also you know like as we know from she's all that like a pool scene with the fairy like so romantic yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then they're romantic. all wet they fall in the pool <laughs> yeah he falls in the pool like kissing underwater times. looks yeah. great in movies <laughs> yeah. reality maybe not so much but yeah in the movies it looks fantastic yeah that scene is epic uh, I mean, I, like Mercutio at the costume party, uh, it was fantastic. Oh, nobody makes an entrance like Mercutio, yeah. literally in his like drag outfit. Yeah. He's dressed up as a drag queen. 
Um, I think for no other reason than he just likes to have fun and be dramatic. He has this sort of capelet on and he flings it up. Oh my God. Yeah. On the staircase. So it's like this spiraling staircase and it's meeting at the middle to go into the ballroom. And it's a whole like dance sequence. He like walks down in like a flash mob, basically. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love um... also Paris, which is Paul Rudd's character Mm -hmm. and Julia dancing. Yeah. Not because it's an iconic scene, but just that I'm like, she must have had, because there's, he, so they're dancing and he's just acting, you know, like Paul Rudd. Yeah. He's being horrible and goofy and funny and she's cracking up. I'm like, I bet that was real life and they just kept it in. Yeah, there's, there's a a moment. (laughs) There's a moment like right after that. Paul Rudd is dressed uh, for the costume party in an astronaut outfit and um space with how he knows what's going on yeah and so there's a there's a scene in it where um there's like you know a crowd standing around there are fireworks going off uh Romeo and Juliet are completely looking at each other and but but Paris thinks that like she's still kind of right next to him and he looks back like with this like childish like excitement for the fireworks he's like look at the he's like so excited and his face in that it's just like he's so likable just in that moment that like for a second you're just like oh but he's a nice guy you should just hate paris in the play but when paul rudd plays him you're like i feel so bad he just doesn't get it yeah (laughs) you just want to give him a hug and be like it's okay you will find someone else that moment is definitely my favorite that moment's definitely my favorite and then i mean i guess if we're talking iconic moments and and um and we should talk about this because so my the the obviously the final the final scenes where they both actually die is is brutal it is iconic but it is brutal i will say and nat knows this well that in the probably like 30 first times that i watched this movie i like could not handle Claire Danes as an actress because I thought she was the ugliest crier of all time. Like her, the way she and cries, I argued it was distracting so, to me. But I will say that rewatching it the last two times, not even right? just this time, but the time before, right. it wasn't nearly as bad as it was in it's my mind. So realistic that sob. She does like yeah. a full bodied racking sob. Yeah, and I'm like, and Katie and I have had this like disagreement our whole lives since yeah. this movie came, came yeah. out where plus like, years. it's so ridiculous <laughs> and I'm like it's so realistic and we've actually measured like okay how bad is the situation on a scale of one to Claire Danes crying yeah one to Claire Danes <laughs> crying and even now like I I st- like I have been judgier than I should be of Claire Dan- I'm like do I really want to watch Homeland because Claire Danes is in it she's an ugly crier I don't know if I can is there crying in this yeah, I've been really judging about so it. Realistic. I'm sorry, Claire Danes. I find she's <laughs> the way and like ever. Well, I was like in love with her before this because she was in a TV show called um, "It's My So-Called My Life." My So-Called Life, which was right Didn't even before, run a full season. It wrapped right before this movie um, aired, like I a year or so before wrapped. this movie not aired. That's the wrong word. Um, released, <laughs> and hilariously, and here's another fun fact for everyone: if you're keeping track, <laughs> if you're keeping track. Uh, Natalie Portman was the original original actress that was cast for Juliet's role, and I guess the um, she was also I think she was I think she was also sixteen or seventeen in real life. But I guess they she looked and probably this is just because of her 
career as well because she and also she her is, stature she's very petite. and her stature she looked so much younger than leonardo yeah. dicaprio that and like they were doing this movie with leonardo dicaprio they were not changing him at all so so no they, there was no i think there was no casting for romeo there was, it was there like was no casting him. so yeah. here back to back fun facts i'll finish this one and then i'll give the one about <laughs> leonardo dicaprio but so yeah they um they thought they thought that it was just too big. It looked creepy. Like it basically looked like too big of an age gap. Like it looked, yeah. it just looked inappropriate. So they, they uh, ended up finding Claire Danes who they knew from my so-called life and thought that like, she would be a good fit. And she absolutely was. Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> said that she was the only person in, in the, all of the women that, uh, that auditioned for this film that made eye direct eye contact with him from the get-go and like throughout the entire yeah he was um, already famous at this time for several things he was uh, which is but it's funny because all of the interviews with Baz Luhrmann say that Baz Luhrmann and I this is what I don't totally understand but maybe it's because Baz Luhrmann was an up-and-coming filmmaker at this time himself so maybe he just didn't have as much of a context and and is Australian also from a different continent exactly but he said he said that he wanted his the quote that kept coming up over and over again in like researching this movie is that he wanted he basically wanted to do this movie with leonardo dicaprio so he like he had leonardo dicaprio in his mind and he was like if only he was an actor like if only he was able to act and everyone was like leonardo dicaprio can act like i it was a weird like statement it was just like i like the look of this guy so like i i want this is the guy that i want to that i want to work with but like i hope he acts like i don't like i hope he can act. i think it's because he was more of a tv actor than like this really solidified his big movie well he did gilbert great before this though he did what's he did and basketball diaries but still he was still young and he He was was coming off of his like child tv star you know, like he was this coming. Is what solidified him? He was coming off of that. Um, he actually also. Do, I don't know if he does now, but didn't at all like Shakespeare. So like he wasn't. He was definitely not a Shakespearean actor. He didn't have like a passion for Shakespeare. It wasn't. Yet he still He's helped to fund this movie. So like yeah. not only was he like the key actor that that Baz Luhrmann like needed to have to make this movie work, but he also yeah. like somehow convinced Leonardo DiCaprio to be like, here's my money, even though I'm like an incredibly young and up and coming actor with like this, this could be like my make or break movie. He believed enough in the movie to yeah. front his own money for it, which is kind of and unheard of, Luhrmann really. Too. Yeah. Like just for yeah. a 21 year old. Like, for a 21 year old. He had a good yeah. team. Yeah. It, it, well, on from what we could tell from this particular moment yeah. in his career but yeah um yeah you know who i noticed in this that i completely forgot was in it balthazar was played by uh like a very young jesse bradford yeah he's probably the love. weakest actor in this although i do love him <laughs> they like hearing is he only has i think like two or three lines in it and the, he's in that yeah. moment so he's the one that like goes out to tell Romeo, he's the one who like, fucks everything up. Yeah. So Romeo has been banished because he uh, because he kills Tybalt. I don't think we finished yeah. the storyline, but you should know it because it's Shakespeare. So he goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes out, and Romeo kills Tybalt, and then he's banished. Right. So it's this like epic mm-hmm. scene, and the priest says, "Don't even worry about it. It's not that big of a deal to be banished. At least you're not killed." And Romeo's like, "I'd rather be dead." And he's like, "No, it's gonna be fine." Like, no, no, no. We'll like, sneak her out. Like, yeah. We'll fix like, it, you know? I'm I'm very good at poisons and drugs, so I will make her seem as though she's dead. He doesn't say this to Romeo, but that's what he should have said to Romeo, but he yeah, doesn't. He sent Romeo a letter. And he sends Romeo courier, away. <laughs> like, 
and it goes to hell. They missed each other. Like he missed the post twice. But he could have told. He could have told Jesse, but he didn't. No, but he didn't. So the thing is, Friar didn't see Jesse. He heard something behind him. He was facing the altar. And he, he heard something in the doorway of the church. And it's like I this guess. huge cathedral. He turns around and he's like, oh, there's nobody there. That whole moment. Like this, the last probably 35 minutes of this movie, at least Everything for me wrong. rewatching it, I was just like, why? Like, what why? Kills me yeah. Is Baz Luhrmann. So, so Juliet takes a poison to make her seem dead. So she has like low, low heart rate, like so low that she, you can't feel pulse. She's cold. She's dead. She okay? looks dead. Yes. And she, so Romeo comes in, he sees her because his friend Balthazar said, hey, she's dead. And he comes back into town. So like, and it's solely pretty to cool in the kill movie. himself, like solely to yeah. be with her. In to, death. to verify yeah. she is dead and then kill himself because yeah. she's dead he, and <laughs> he's being chased by like it's like this whole like police like swat like yeah. chasing him through the city he's running up the church steps he takes a hostage he takes refuge in the church and um Anyways, he goes up to her and he's like, has this whole monologue where he's like, oh, I can't go on without her. And how could this happen? And I screwed everything up. And, uh, but Juliet's like, you see, she like kind of moans. She sort of shakes her head. Her fingers are twitching. She's waking up. Yeah. As, and then he takes the poison as they lock eyes. She is now sitting up as he's swallowing the poison and it's a fast acting poison and there's no help for it. He took enough poison to kill 20 people. Mm-hmm. And 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 like and she's fully awake and they they both know <laughs> that they're alive once he's swallowed it. I that's that was mean. It was yeah, it was really brutal. It like, was mean. <laughs> Romeo was like talking to her and holding her, looking her eyes and her fingers Sobbing. are moving. And you're like, her fingers are moving. It's like, yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal to rewatch. It really is brutal. It's brutal to watch. I, it's brutal to rewatch. It's brutal, like, even if you're, like, looking through your I would fingers. have ugly cried if I saw Romeo DiCaprio die in front of me. <laughs> you true. think I would pretty cry? No. <laughs> it doesn't it's matter true. what Hollywood paid you. You would not. You would ugly cry at this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. I it. But you know what? I will say, you know, amidst all of it, I this is probably and I've it's definitely in my top five favorite movies, if not top three. Yeah. Other than Empire Records, which was the first one that we dived into yeah. in this show, I think this is the only other one that I have almost entirely fully memorized. I yeah. I just like even though it's painful to watch, it's also just so beautifully done, like from start to finish. It's just it's like this over fantastic. the top, like, yeah. um, this very like, uh, this sort of um, religious symbolism, yeah, and a lot of like, icons in it, yeah, yeah, like a, lot a lot of, of icons of and all the neon, like the neon yeah. crosses and the neon, like, it's very gaudy. religious icons, it's like, I very over the top, over and- the top and sensationalized. 
And we should yeah. talk a little bit because we're going to move from this wraps our Shakespeare adaptation, yeah. <laughs> modern Shakespeare adaptation miniseries, which is not a, a snappy title, um, and moves it into we're going to do now um, probably not all six of Baz Luhrmann's movies, but certainly the three. The so, Red Curtain Trilogy, which yeah, this so the, is the second of the second his Red Curtain Trilogy. So for those of you who don't know Baz Luhrmann well, um, and we just looked up this information ourselves because we were a, a little surprised actually by this. But, more movies? but yeah, He's so Baz Luhrmann has done six movies in total. Um, so let me see if I can remember them off the top of my head. So there is Strictly Ballroom. Mm-hmm which is fantastic. And I'm so excited we're going to watch that one again. One That's of my favorite like, childhood movie movies. In yeah. the Red Curtain trilogy. Yeah. So that one it, and is a very like Australian movie. So that one, if you're yeah. not good with accents, you're going to want to have those closed captions on. But Strictly Ballroom, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, Australia, Great Gatsby, and then the new Elvis, which um, we have not yeah. seen, but, you know, coming yeah. soon too. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I will say, and it's funny, people have different rankings of them. If you're watching or listening, we'd love to know what, if you've seen all of them and if so, which are, you know, what are your top three or what, how would you rank them all the way through? I still don't know if I have a solid answer. I, I feel like this one's my favorite. It's funny. I like, I would say that, but I have this like very deep childhood nostalgia for Strictly Ballroom, which I saw like. As a kid, I watched with my parents endless times. I watched with my godparents a ton of times. Like I and pa- Paul is saying this. I love time. it. Paul, you and I, I still are the same do the ballroom. I still do the strictly ballroom, which will yeah. explain that there's a heartbeat moment in it, and we'll explain mm. it when we watch it. But oh, yeah, I still love so that. that. I so I feel like it, it's it's that one. If we're talking just Baz Luhrmann movies, it, that yeah. one and, and Romeo and Juliet are probably like at a tie in my mind for first place for very different reasons, like and very different yes. nostalgic reasons. But those two. Yes. Uh, Moulin Rouge would be my next one after that and then Gatsby and then Australia which I did did not love and I don't know whether or not I really want to see Elvis we were talking let us know whether you want to see Elvis (laughs) it's outside of the date range for the show but um it Um, it, it's getting a lot of critical acclaim but Nat's not Nat's not into the idea my little backstory my aunt was obsessed with elvis mm-hmm. and growing up i i ended up learning everything good bad and ugly about elvis <laughs> this movie i did only see an extended trailer i'm like well if you're not going to be honest i'm not going to watch it <laughs> so, <laughs> i like, does not believe in the validity of this movie baz Luhrmann. yeah i'm like i don't know like if you're doing a bioepic nowadays make the person like be honest about the person because we're in a society if you lie about them we're gonna like them less (laughs) yeah we don't want to glamorize it yeah i do have to say um to go back to our iconic scenes in this movie we're missing one there was one um in the church when romeo is getting romeo and juliet are getting married Uh, and there's this young boy in the choir beautiful young boy singing um this song what was it called everybody love brothers and sister i think da, so da, da. shoot now anyway. pulling on a fun fact i don't have I'm sorry <laughs> well it's not this is not a fun fact so this it's beautiful beautiful young singer his name was i don't want to mess it up where is it quentin dan tarver he passed away two years ago, uh, tragically, in a car accident, just and as he was, he was idol too for starting a, a musical career. Yeah. Like, he was just dropping a new album. He was, like, really, he's like, okay, this is it now. And he has the most beautiful voice. 
like yeah. literally angelic his singing in in <sighs> a, f- a couple of the scenes so it's, it's all around yes. the same time period in this movie but they uh is just phenomenal i mean as a kid and i'm sure certainly isn't that adult, movie, so. he, uh, that song i think it's called love or everybody love something along those lines he also does princes when doves cry mm-hmm. which is in my head rent free for which i'm like nobody can cover that <laughs> like nobody can cover that this song kid this guy can this yeah and he was a kid i know he was so talented it's so so sad yeah for me when i watch this and i know dicaprio is super young in it but i remember my i get this like overwhelming sense of my childhood crush on him oh yeah same <laughs> It's like I get this like sort of knee jerk. It's like, oh, how you always remember to ride a bike. It's like you always remember how to have a crush on young DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, the scene when he is comes up to like the Tybalt Mercutio and everything's going to go bad moment. Mm-hmm. And there's this one little strand of blonde hair that like gets in his face. I'm like, that, that, this is my favorite movie. You know what I should do? It's not my it's... favorite movie ever, but it's my favorite. <laughs> when I made that moment, this is my favorite movie. Yeah. I should totally go up. At, so embarrass- embarrassing fun fact about Katie. I up in my <laughs> attic, and I'm sure I still have this. So of teen crushes, right? So for me, it was Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and Macaulay Culkin. Still, I still love both Leonardo DiCaprio and Macaulay Culkin. They're like, I will ride or die with them. But I have like... um it was probably scholastic. I'm trying to think like what the publisher was. I have these like like fangirl like books that were like about their lives, which I'm sure are probably not even kind of accurate. I have one on Leonardo DiCaprio and I have one on Macaulay Culkin that are like the same publisher. They were like, you know, the like square it was scholastic, picture I have books. One about- you yeah. got me one about the Canadian boy band from the 90s called The Moffats. Oh, yeah. I have a few and of those ones as well. I busted that out a few days ago. Yeah. So I will I will find those and snap a photo for our Instagram account so you can all laugh at yeah. me slash with me. But yeah, the uh, I will say I so I'm going to go on record. I know that Leonardo DiCaprio is a as a person like there are people who love him and hate him. But um, it's, he's a brilliant actor. It but he is that he's nailed. a man child hasn't grown out of. Um, he hasn't grown out of the stage when he, the age when he filmed this movie, it seems like he's stuck there. Yeah. But he in has. In real life. That's what we see. I have yet movie. to watch a movie or anything that he has done that I have not been impressed with him in. Like, I, oh he, he is a he's phenomenal actor. Yeah. I thought, like, so if you have not yet, and we should add this one to our list, but if you have not yet seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape, he was in that uh, before this movie, and he plays a, a kid with disabilities. I forget exactly what um, what his character is supposed to have, but both my father and I were 100% convinced, like, we had never seen him before. We we're like, wow, Same. that kid did an amazing too. job, right? And then, and then he was, they were up for an Oscar in it, and he was like, you know, clearly did not have disabilities. And we were watching it. We're like, whoa, that guy is not disabled because this entire movie, we like, we're like, good job. Like, yeah. Random fact similar. My dad, there was this movie with um, Josh Hartnett, who we recently discussed in a previous episode, uh, where he's British. He played, like the movie takes place in England. And my dad would literally not believe me. And it wasn't like days of the internet where you could just Google like an interview with him. He's like, no, that kid is British. There's no way he's faking that accent. He's yeah. not American. Like there's yeah. no like, way. But he is. And your dad's like, no. I'm like, no, no, he's really American. It's like, 
oh, let me go find, let me go rent a VHS tape of him in something else. Yeah, exactly. And my dad thought his American accent sounded fake compared to his British accent. So yeah, good job. Some, some actors are just <laughs> phenomenal. So I'm yeah. loving, once again, final plug of the evening for hanging out in the live chat. We have Paul and Kimberly here who are usually here with us because we love them. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Uh, Paul is saying that, so his rating system is he's he's with me. He loves Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. He would pick Moulin Rouge as number two. Australia once was t- was too many. I'm, I'm with you on that. I like, I love all the I actors. Ad for Australia, (laughs) but it could have been an ad for Australia. It was like a three something hour long movie too, like three hour plus. And and he was like, "Now we know why Gatsby is on the list." Yeah, I thought that Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby was fantastic as well. But again, I just said that I don't think beautifully shot, opulent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and Kimberly um, oh, also and- loves Strictly Ballroom. Look at this. I totally yeah. assumed that most people hadn't seen Strictly Ballroom. So I'm kind of impressed. I know. Me too. I felt like it's so niche that we know Strictly Ballroom. It's not. It just <laughs> means that people who are hanging out with us have the best have possible taste in taste. movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another fun fact, and I might be totally, because I'm remembering this fact. So anybody oh. can correct me. I will be wrong on this. It could be like fun, but potentially not correct fact. Go. <laughs> Completely incorrect, possibly, because I'm remembering this from the 90s. Um, I'm pretty sure that, so there are different ethnicities of actors in this movie, but there are three Black actors in this movie. There's Mercutio, there's the prince. And the narrator. And the narrator. Nice. And the reason that Baz Luhrmann specifically only had those three black actors in the movie is because they're all relatives in the play. Oh, interesting. He was like the nephew of the prince slash narrator. Um, So that's why, that's why that happened is that there's these three actors because they're relatives and it was just his like clever little way of showing, Hey, these three people are related. <laughs> I do remember that. And while I was rewatching it, yeah. this, so, so we're either both wrong or neither wrong, <laughs> but I, I do remember and watching it again, I was like, Oh wow. I forgot like how good the prince is in this as well. So he's like the oh, God, equivalent so of the police chief captain. Yeah. Some sort of police officer, but, um, but yeah, he's yeah, fantastic. He's called captain prince in the movie. Yeah. All right, so he's and I think Paris, which is Paul Rudd's character again, is called Count Paris oh. in the movie. And Gloria Capulet. And I didn't have time to look up, but we'll put the father. I want to say it was like Ted or Rob. It was something where you were like, really? <laughs> but also you kind of like it as a detail. Lord Capulet and Nurse, who neither are, before we go. neither of them are Italian, have Italian accents in the movie. I mean, they might be of Italian descent, but Lerman, Romeo, and <clears throat> but they had very distinct, and very, very well executed Capulet. accents in the movie. Capulet, dad, first name. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the casting, it should be listed under his cast name. I guess we're saying uh, Kimberly and Paul are like, yes, like Strictly Ballroom is a favorite older movie. I'm like, same. I like it's one of those I have this small cottage academy. Oh, I was totally wrong, you guys. You want to guess what it is? <laughs> it was not even close. I'm like Ted or Rob. His name was Fulgencio Capulet. Yeah, I told you he had an Italian accent. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the mom was glorious. So now I gotta find the cast. Hang on, wait. Now I, I might be totally making things up now. Oh, and Don't the mom me. 
is who I kept calling the actress's name is Diane Venora. Venora. And I kept wanting to call her Diane Verona. Oh, I'm right. It is Gloria Capulet. Month. It's, it's Gloria Capulet. <laughs> Dane is on saying that I'm live fact checking you. No, I'm actually yes. live fact checking myself because I totally <laughs> thought that I totally thought that uh, that the Capulet father was Ted Capulet, which we should just rename. It's a great name, Ted Capulet. Ted. It's much better than Fulgencio. Ful- Fulgencio. Oh, and Brian Dennehy was in this. There are so many actors who so are in it. Paul Sorvino was the one who played Ted Capulet. <laughs> We had, we had, were right. Hey, look at you now. You got this one right. Paul Rudd, Count Paris. Now I'm now I'm live fact checking you. <laughs> um, for our listeners, I just stuck my tongue out at Katie when she's like, "Oh, hey, you're right." Did you bite your <laughs> thumb at me? <laughs> I did several times. So I when we were kids, thumb. for whatever reason, the "Do you bite your thumb at me?" scene at the beginning of the movie was Katie and I our favorite. Like we would run to the park down the street and like screaming at each other off the jungle gym like do you bite your thumb at me i do bite my thumb but i do not bite my thumb at you do you bite your thumb at me i do not bite my thumb i do bite my thumb sir but not at you sir (laughs) but i do (laughs) great scene we love it truth well we have rolled to the end of the show and nat told me that i need to remember to do the wrap-up scene so yes because we've been the last two episodes (laughs) and i'm always like when we log off where's that thingy at the end (laughs) it's not as important as the rating system so live studio audience who show up at 9 p.m eastern on youtube for anyone that is feeling the fomo how many potatoes do you think we're gonna give this one as we remember we're at a potato scale of one to five or that's what we've told you but you know you never know you never know all right, a couple seconds here, Nat. How many potatoes are you thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking because this is Shakespeare and this is Shakespeare being transcendent. Um, you know, you go from the 1600s to the 1990s. I Yeah, you get all the potatoes. potatoes. All the potatoes. Correct. I don't even know yeah. how many. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 potatoes. As Nat said during Hamlet, uh, if this had gone to Shakespeare, it would have been just bags full of potatoes. Well, we're going to give it to Baz Luhrmann and Shakespeare, all the potatoes or 16 (laughs) potatoes. Paul says all the potatoes, all the potatoes from Dane, all the potatoes are here. (laughs) We did it. You did it. You wasted another perfectly good hour of your life listening to Nat and I talk about movies. This wraps up our modern Shakespeare adaptation series and we will be moving into um, a couple of Baz Luhrmann's movies so what do you think Nat uh, Moulin Rouge or Strictly Ballroom next week well Strictly clearly because okay I'm in that's yeah hey Paul and Paul and Kimberly said they love Strictly and we love Strictly <laughs> it's a of a movie so Paul and Kimberly if you would like and you are around, you are welcome to join us and discuss Strictly Ballroom next week. We will send you the guest link yeah. and you can come on and share your feelings, but only if you watch the movie sometime before Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So yeah. let us know whether or not you want to you can get in touch. You know where to find me so you can always track me down. But yeah, we want to do more guests, so we'll have to have more guests. So we'll do Strictly Ballroom and the following week we'll do Moulin Rouge. And then we'll go yeah. back to our regular list because we've been ignoring all of your recommendations. Everyone listening We're going to change but yeah, we, we're changing it I think up. it'll be a dramatic change after Baz. We need um maybe after plan. Baz, we need like <laughs> one we haven't seen or haven't seen in a really long time because I feel like yeah. we're only doing movies we like. So, you know, we should we should take a, f- I, a fan I, favorite. I have an idea. But 
but we'll Ooh. be surprised. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get I love there. a surprise idea. All right, <laughs> I'm going into the field. going into the wrap, everyone. But before I fully wrap, here is all the information you need to know. We record live every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. You can find the replay videos of these at any point on YouTube. We are youtube.com slash at symbol the VHS club. You can email us at at uh, you can email us at the VHS club pod at gmail.com. You can listen wherever you like to get podcasts, which now includes YouTube music app. <laughs> so you can um, you can find us wherever you like podcasts. The new episodes drop on Friday mornings, sometimes Thursday nights. Please, please, please share with your friends. Like, uh, love, review, send in your movie recommendations, and join us in the live chat because it's always more fun with friends. That's it. We're moving into the wrap. Anything else, Nat? <laughs> That's it. See you guys next week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>